everybody. Welcome to another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and with me as always, it's Ricky. It's me. (laughs) It's the boy. boy. Again, another Ruckmanless episode. We are without our fearless leader, and as disappointed as we may be, you know, we love him, and we're here to carry the show, uh, carry the show in his absence. So, Ricky, I got to start us off letting the people know what we're all about here, right? We are a pioneer first. Oh, what? No. Pioneer First, yep. Mm-hmm. We're Pioneer First Podcast. We talk about all aspects of magic. You can support us on Patreon over at patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Uh, you can chuck in a buck to get your name on all our streams and videos. $5 gets you a piece of exclusive monthly content. And $15, $20 international gets you a monthly swag bag mailing. $300 is our new tier. And that gets you Pro Tour coaching. So... Look for that! Uh, look for that tier coming out pretty soon here. Wow. Three hundred smackaroos, you can get some pro tour coaching. Uh, from the boys. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta vet these people though. There's gonna be an interview no, no, no. process. Here's the thing: is you're gonna do all the work for us. We right, sit right. back and just we just say, mm, we just give smiling nods of approval. I'm actually not even shameful. going to the pro tour, but it's okay. But it's okay. That's that's all right. That's all right. And then, uh, of course, you know, any amount, right, gets you our exclusive channel, right? But we have a free Discord right. for everybody and an exclusive uh, Patreon channel for our Patreon members in there to ask us questions, give us show topics, things like that. Ricky, we got a slew yeah. of topics today. We got a slew of topics. For the people. And I've been reading Whoop. our exclusive Patreon you can Discord. Yeah. No, not the word no. reach. Not, um, the, not the word reach. <laughs> but they say that they love the Chris yep. and Ricky episodes because we just get right in it. Yeah. You know, there's no dancing around, right? You know, no, 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 no. We don't dance. This is, this is we Footloose. Yeah. We're the town from Footloose. Actually. That's we are right. the entire mm-hmm. city. We um, are the city. Kevin yeah, Bacon's right. are not allowed. No. Uh, within 50 feet of me, but uh, no. that's a different reason. We're school. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, however, I, it's time to bring back one of our old favorites, Chris. What's killing magic this week? What is killing magic this week? That's a great question, Ricky. You know, if I, I had to say, is it, it, I, you know, I think, I think we need to ask what 2000 things might be killing magic. Well, <laughs> the problem with magic here. today is yeah. too many people are playing it. <laughs> is it too big? Is it too there's, big to fail? Are we going to many 2008? magic players? <laughs> All right. Half of y'all just go yeah. home, quit playing magic you know uh but you guys could be many... less good at magic that's the problem right right the problem is the united states uh loves magic the gathering u.s americans such as u.s americans such as myself and you maybe ruckman maybe uh so we came off of rc atlanta yeah we rc did. atlanta is the biggest rc in the whole world in ever yep. since the rc in system ever. started right and it was 1,300 and like 1,370 something players all battling for 32 invites. Yeah. Which is not, not a lot of meat on that bone, Chris. No. I'm going to no. tell you that tournaments do create, you know, losers, unfortunately, right? A majority of people don't win. But right. like the odds of just the number of people you have to play against the number of rounds you have to play, the amount of time it takes to get that many to people to play and report that many rounds, the number of judges you need to officiate that many matches of high-level uh, sports entertainment television, you know, <laughs> is... The most electrifying sports entertainment absurd. television. Yeah. And the thing is, mm-hmm. one of two things needs to happen. Either one, right. you got to give us more invites because we're, we're big, yeah, And we want to send a lot of people to the Pro Tour, and we have more people than any other RC by a lot. Yeah, so we, do. we need – we are tipping the scales, and we need more invites. Also, every RC that I have been to, there's like a 10K at the DreamHack ones that we go to, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a run-it-back 10K. That always sells out, and then they open like a last minute. They just like – well, since the 10K sold out, we'll open up a last minute 5K, which will also sell out. Right. So just make the 5K already there, right? Like right. It's always been there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like in Dallas was the first time they did it, right? And it was kind of yep. a surprise. Like, oh, wow, there is an event that we can play, right? 
that didn't sell out before, you know, round one of the actual RC even started, right? No, of course. I'm not going to, I'm not going to use the word that I want to use because sometimes it's used in a bad light, but you have 1300, right? We'll call them invested. That's what we'll call them. We'll call them invested magic players in a room. Right. Right. If anybody's going to pay money to pay competitive, you've gathered them all there. Right. Right. It's not like you're you're selling this to the unwashed masses of commander players who are like, no, I want to pay zero dollars to sit at my local game store and play in a pod for eight hours. Right. Right. I want my free entertainment. These are people who are willing to pay the premium. Just make the 5K. They're going to it's going to sell out anyway. (laughs) Right. Right. It's Uh, like you said, there's no reason to be around the bush. It's just we've got numbers for Denver already. Yeah, we do. And the pre signups for Denver are already fifteen hundred plus players. Yeah. Like three months. That's the wild thing too. And like uh like Atlanta might have been an anomaly because of how long the RC like the RCQ season was for Atlanta. But Denver had a short little like three month season. And Dallas is going to have a short little three month season. And like we're breaking records every time, but not increasing the prize pool uh, or even the number of invites, which in theory does cost you something because everybody who does attend the pro tour receives a minimum prize. Right. Yeah. But the point of the matter is you've got the players playing in your RCQ systems, going to your local stores paying them for the RCQ kits, which are, you know, put on by this other organizing company, right? You get the Mm -hmm. pins, we sell the swag, they buy your cards to play your game, and here they come, and only 32 of them are going to make the Pro Tour in the whole country. Yeah, it's a wild one. So, like, talking about this real quick, what what do you think the solution is? I mean, is the solution less RCQs? Like, too many many people, there's too many. definitely not the solution. I was going to say, I mean, are there just too many eight person RCQs where like we have less of those or, or is the solution uh, splitting up to like more RCs? Cause again, you know, they do them at the dream hacks and then you're talking about hosting. them not a dream hacks. That's a massive cost for a company that paid $20 in a cheeseburger to own the competitive play rights to match right. together. So it's no like easy answer for sure, but Denver's not really a dream hack. It's being hosted by dream hacks still. But it's not a dream hack event. It is just RC Denver brought to you by Laughing Dragon and Dream Hack, right? Like, you know, sponsored by Spicy Hot Doritos, right? You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. <clears throat> this Sunday at the Alamo Dome, 1,500 sweaty modern players, Sunday, 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 you know? I do. Uh, so <clears throat> I'd like to see something. It's hard to get away from Dream Hack for sure. And I love Dream Hack. Dream Hack, if you're listening, I love you. Oh, it's so great. I never yeah, want to leave DreamHack. Right. But I think the United States needs two or even three different RC locations. And that's a lot to ask for. We had organizing infrastructure before that could have handled this. We had things like Pastime Games and we had, you know, Channel Fireball, Star City Games were organizing, uh, even TCG player had their own organization of tournaments, right? Like we had big scale tournament organizers before, before we sold all the GP rights to channel fireball and before the big uh, COVID happened. Right. So I don't know if we can find those large scale organizers again, but uh, I definitely would not be concerned about the Midwest, like RC held in Dallas. Like that would be no problem right? Like sure. you hold one, you hold one on the East coast somewhere like for like Virginia near Star City games, you hold one somewhere in California for sure. And then you hold one in Texas, you know, with the, I mean, we, they organize the Hunter Burton every year in Dallas, right? I'm sure we could find right. some people to step up and organize it. You know, it would be breaking away yeah, from Dream sure. Act, but if we could sort of release the tension. So we have, three events that all have like six to 700 people giving away 32 invites. Right. Yeah. P- part of me thinks we need like a store to adopt the old PPTQ system where like 
back just, just to based the on the sheer Q's. number of players. Almost like I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of that system, but the RPTQs did give you an extra filter, like an extra layer of filtering from like the person well, you, you won. And this is a great accomplishment. There's nothing wrong with winning your eight person tournament, right? But it went PPTQ and then RTQ or whatever, right? Well, you went to the regional qualifier, like the regional pro tour qualifier. So RPTQ, uh, right? Right. PPTQ right. to RPTQ. I, I'm not, and I'm you done. went to the pro the tour from there. Stupid. Right. Because right. that would always happen in uh, – the Texas one would happen in Madness. But I think there were like eight or nine, maybe ten, held across the United States. And each one would give out four invites. Yeah. There just might need to be an extra qualifying step for uh, RCs. Because like I said, it's the, the prizes are not there. Right. It, it's fun. It's a I fun mean, event. And if that's what we're all about, we're there. But like so the prizes the prize aren't there for how many players are showing up. The prizes are good, like the cash prizes and stuff like that are good. But with the number of people that are showing up, like it's kind of disheartening to see a bunch of people like make day two. But then because of the number of players we have, we need to play round 10 on the same day or else like Sunday won't ever finish. Right. 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 So we have to play a round 10, like the first round of day two fat night when you're already tired. Right. And then if you lose that one and you you were already on the cusp of making day two, now at X4, you're just like dead to the world, right? Yeah, unfortunately. For day two. Unfortunately. And a lot of people – and I mean – and I get it, right? At that point, if you're if you're dead dead to rights to the top 32, right, mm-hmm. you you got to like try to make your trip up by going into a different event, right? Go play the, the 10K, the 5K, right? Yeah, we won't get it, but I, I miss the pro players, the pro players club, where it's like, hey, listen, if you it, maybe you don't top thirty two, but you top forty eight, a couple of, a couple of RCs, you're now silver, and you've got a pro tour invite or something like that. You know, like mm-hmm. consistent events also mean something. Consistent results, I should say, but that's that's probably a pipe dream at this point, unfortunately. Well, the bronze club only got me uh, invites to the the RPTQ, right? Yeah, so like that. All right, Ricky. Let's let's jump straight into this next one if if uh, if you're ready. Well, I mean, we got we're talking about going from RC to RC, so you got to qualify for Dallas, which is the big one. Yep. Because we're there. Going to the big three. Wait, big D. And I do mean Dallas. You know. And I do mean Dallas. I do mean Dallas. Yes. How are you going to get there, Chris? How are we going to get there? Um, I'm thinking Magic School Bus. How are you going to qualify? To play? I'm going to play the format of Magic the Gathering known as standard. Standard. Yeah. What's standard? What is what is standard? Tell the people, Ricky. What what is that's complicated format? because yeah. uh it used to be two years worth of uh formats. Yeah. And then it was it gonna now? be one and a half years worth of formats. But nobody liked that, so it was two years worth of formats. And then for some reason they think that nobody likes that, so now it's three years worth of formats. It's a lot uh, of cards. So currently, standard stretches from uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt all the way to current day standard sets, which include Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off. I'm gonna start this off right. Okay. Okay. I did not think two months ago that I would like standard. Oh yeah. Um, it standard hasn't been good in a while, right? People finally started talking about how good standard was. And I was skeptical, but I was willing to listen. You know? In the last two weeks, I have been playing... I've played pretty much no Pioneer. I've only played standard. Yeah. I've been having the time of my life. Really? Uh Uh-huh. I love it. Uh, Blue-white Monastery Mentor Hottie Jin. Oh man, the Esper uh, mentored list. Yeah, I cut I cut black. I made a video on this, and then I realized that I messed it up. This deck's been around for longer than I thought, so I, I haven't put the video out yet. But look for content on this coming because I've been playing a ton of it. This this deck feels to me like Phoenix does in Pioneer. It feels very similar to me, right? It's not the same. There's no or there's no Arclight Phoenix, right? That card just cannot be cannot be replaced. But I have been having so much fun. I posted a lot of screenshots, not only in the Crew 3 Discord, but our friends Discord. I was just like going crazy. 
um, board positions from which we won because we untapped with a helping hand to reanimate a three mana mentor for one mana and then made a bunch of tokens and on opponents in step and then killed them on our turn. Um, you know, the wacko times where you get two mentors are crazy. Your, your hottie gins are huge. So I've been having a ton of fun. It's not a deck that I win every single time with, but I, I do win a lot. You've got a lot of game. I've cut the black because I think you get, you also have removal and blue white. You get fading hope and get lost. And those are fine removal spells. So I don't, I don't like the stressful mana base given how much we need blue mana. Like blue mana is so important, right? All of our cantrips are blue in my deck. Um, I've kind of ditched the charter course. Charter course is fine, but it's a little bit clunky along with our pick luck pranksters. So I'm a much bigger fan of one mana spells. You can hope to have a hottie gin and a mentor in play, but that didn't happen all that often. Um, but it is nice to have a couple two mana spells for reduction. But I'm playing otherworldly gaze to hopefully flip a bunch of cards into our yard for uh, reanimation purposes with recommission and helping hand. So um, I think I have a list out there. If I don't, I'll, I'll have one soon for what I'm playing and having a ton of fun with it. I think I'm, I think it'll like 24 hours. I got to like uh, from bronze to high gold or whatever on arena and have been climbing from there. So uh, it's just been so much fun. The decks I'm playing against are fun. People are playing dinosaurs. They're playing soldiers. They're playing flash. They're playing red, black mid range. And there's not a ton of planeswalkers. You'll hear me say this time and time again, you're winning the game by attacking and blocking. And I think that's the best magic. I, th- I think that when you have to like outplay your opponent based on creatures and champions, you know, th- permanence on the board, right? Um, and even if you're a control deck, you have to win by making, you know, incubation tokens or a bunch of, you know, what do you make with herd migration elephants? <clears throat> Whatever that is. Oh, you make three, three beasts. Make some beasts, right? Whatever you're winning with, right? You're usually winning by attacking your opponent down. And there's a lot more things that, you know, can handle creatures. Uh, really all permanent types these days, right? Leyline Binding is less scary when I'm playing Get Lost. But I just want to say I've been having so much fun playing sooner. I think it's really, really good. I'm excited to play some RCQs this season. I am building the Blue White Mentor deck. It's very, very budget friendly. It's accessible. Another thing I love about some of the, some standard decks, right? I think Pioneer is pretty darn accessible. You've got a, a lot of top tier decks for a good a good entry point. Um, and I think standard so much as well. That's why it used to be the, the entry point, but obviously if you need Shieldreds, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, if you want to play oh, yeah. a Shieldred, that card's pretty good. That card's pretty good and uh, it's its price definitely reflects it. So, Ricky, tell me a little bit, what are you playing in standard? Now, we know we talked a little bit. You said you're off of Domain. You're playing um, Soldiers? No, no, no. I'm playing, uh, I've got a couple of decks. I'm going to an RC, uh, RCQ. Yeah, RCQ yep. this weekend. On the, uh-huh. um, the decks that I've been really drawn to are a little off the beaten path right now. I've been mm-hmm. playing a lot of Grohl combat tricks. The Grohl, that's right. Yes, right. The red green. Uh, uh, the red green aggro deck that like, plays uh, Picnic Ruiner and Monstrous Rage. Monstrous and, Rage is like, such a good card. Tyvar's Stand, Royal Treatment. And like Swift Spears, Kumano, and mm-hmm. Inti's just the deck super aggressive. And like you can output a lot of damage out of nowhere, especially if your opponent just lets you like live. Like if you just Kumano into a picnic ruiner, like your opponent doesn't have like the interaction spell on turn two, like you're mm-hmm. just going to town. Their life yeah. points are going down, you know? They're going to the Shadow Realm. Oh, yeah. I like its matchup against Domain a lot. Yeah. And uh, some builds of Esper midrange, but there's been some more builds of Esper midrange that are a little more lower to the ground. I love Rafine so much. I have yet to play much against Esper midrange, but the deck does seem interesting to me. I, I love Rafine, right? It's a, it's a card after my own heart. It's very, very strong. A card I played before in Pioneer as well. So, you know, that that my understanding is that's the top dog, right? I haven't played enough standard to be an expert on the format by any stretch of the imagination. But based on results that I'm seeing, the currently, you know, I believe domain is the top dog for sure. OK, OK. Domain is like uh, uh, just at the top. Where's like Esper mid range in, in, in your opinion, then? So right now, like your your pillars are going to be like domain, mm-hmm. Esper mid range and mono red. And then, like, you have things like Rakdos and Golgari midrange. You have, like, uh, Demir midrange. Any any black plus any color midrange deck, good. 
Yeah. Um, and then, Unless it's on uh, Slayer, she's decent amount of play in standard. Right. Um, it doesn't get exiled as much, so. Thundering Carnosaur is just like a very good value card. Mm-hmm. Discover five, right? A, yeah, big discover card. Yeah, very strong. Uh, some lists are playing it in big discovers. As it also draw you a card off of uh, Beanstalk. Oh, the beans! It's also an early removal spell for a deck that needs more early removal spells, right? Mm-hmm. As a channel effect, which is what's so important, right? Like, right. because a lot of decks are. Um, a lot of like the blue kind of tempo decks are running like counter magic as backup. Like I've definitely seen some toxic decks running around quite a few of them as a matter of fact. And, and in that kind of thing, it's like, well, you can't counter this, you know, you could, I think um, there's a card that does it right to, to Shana's tide binder probably counters it. A big thing that has uh, been coming up and why domains doing so well is mm-hmm. for cavern of souls in the deck to make Atraxa uncounterable. And castable. <laughs> right. Uh, Just to make sure you got that fourth color. Playing Cavern, naming Angel, also lets you kick your Archangel of Wrath. Um, That's a big one that I've seen. Yeah. The old, like, adage to beating Domain for the Esper decks was just play four Disdainful Strokes and play two, like, uh, what's the card? Two mana counter unless they pay two. Make Disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, make Disappear, play- yep. And just wait for the Atraxa, and then counter Atraxa and win the game. Boom! But now step four profit, right? Now you have to play weird cards. Some people are playing like uh, Obscura Informant, the like four mana three one ETB connive, and then bounce a spell or permanent. Yep. Using that to like bounce Atraxa off the stack. Mm-hmm. A favorite uh, action of Chris Klein. Well, it, it is one of my absolute favorite things. Yeah, I do have the promo Venser. Uh, How many frames somewhere along with my substantiates do you have? Uh, I think I have four foil unsubstantiates. I don't know how many of four any foil unsubstantiates. Yeah, yeah. I'm We've a big, I'm a like big a, unsubstantiate lover. A lot of really interesting, like aggressive blue and black creatures right now. Mm-hmm. I've seen some Siren. ninjas running around. Yes, Spyglass Deep. Siren. Oh, yeah. Deep Cavern Deep Bat. Cavern bats. Mm-hmm. Batman, as I call him. With uh, Rafine. Mm-hmm. Making the bat bigger. Yep. Gaining you more life and keeping that card hidden away. That card has lifelink, dog. Gix is oh, a card that a lot of people Gix. have been playing. Yeah. As mm-hmm. well as Preacher of the Schism. Did you know? That if you and your opponent both have the same amount of life, you get both effects on Preacher of the Schism. I did know that. Yeah. I played that limited. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get both things. Now, Preacher of Schism is a good card. I played that limited and I was like, okay, this card's strong, right? And that's one thing I do like about standard is that, like, a, you know, a card being really good and limited can frequently be a predictor for its impact in standard, less so for some of the older formats, right? But traditionally speaking, standard has just been about more attacking and blocking than any other format until Pioneer came around. So um, definitely still that card is a strong one. But yeah, you get to play sweet cards like Gix, Glissa, Sunslay. There's so many sweet creatures that have been kind of power crept and and they're still just cool, right? They're cool creatures, right? They're cool things that you can do. And um, like I said, Spyglass, Siren, there's so many cool things you can be running around with, right? There's Blue White Flash. There's all kinds of, I think, decks. And I really think if you've got the good sideboard plan, Right, because like because there's so many like creature decks and then tempo decks and then you know go big decks, you really can formulate a plan for anything. Right? Also, kind of a lot of a lot of mono red it is a lot of mono red. Yeah, you want you want to get your sunset revelries going. The uh, the fact that monastery swift spear is in this format as yes. well as kumano, like two of the best one drops that red's ever seen. Isn't, right? Isn't Pia also in this format? Is Every aftermath place. legal and standard? Yeah, Pia is legal, but nobody plays that. I've seen a couple decks, man. I've seen a couple decks because there's a couple, um, especially with the new, oh, the adventure spell that uh, one side's a creature. What if a that guy's the, the spell side flips too, too, and then the, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, all the, all the adventure spells count as making Pia spells, so. For sure. When you cast, but them the back. one also lets you flip the thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. but well, that one just it does the effect, right? It just has the hey, flip Ren's resolve effect. Flip the top two, you can cast them. Right. We're now at the point where people are cutting on Swiss spears in mono red. 
it's not nope. good enough anymore. Like we were just so tuned. Uh, Bloodthirsty mm-hmm. Adversary is now almost a twenty dollar card. Is it really? If you, if you got any, hey, Merry Christmas! Right? Play with right, fires yeah. are four dollars each, or three dollars each. Those mono red cards. Oh yeah, I mean, like it is just sort of one of the uh, easier decks to just throw together, and it was yeah. probably the cheapest deck. Probably still is, even with the uh, the uptick in prices. Urbrass Forge are getting close to five bucks each now. That's a crazy sentence, isn't it? Right. Bulk rares. Urbrass Forge being, being crazy there. So, um, yeah. Any any of the any final standard thoughts before we move on to our uh, marquee format of choice? I think it's in a really neat place, and I think that there are pillars and a lot of weird ways to attack the format that aren't on the pillars. So mm-hmm. I would say that you can brew almost as much as you can in Pioneer in Standard right now. Yeah. there's Again, there's weirdly three years of cards, and a lot of those cards are um, you know, cards you'll see in Pioneer because the Standard, again, Standard's been very, very powerful in affecting Pioneer. So you have a lot of ideas that I think if you're a Pioneer player, I would, and you were playing RCQs, I definitely would not be skipping out on RCQ season for Standard. I think you could find a deck that is appealing to you based on what your Pioneer playstyle was and, and kind of get something going. Unless you're Lotus Field, then, you know, you probably have to stay home and cry. But if for everybody else, for right, everybody right. else, there's probably a aggro deck, mid-range deck, something, right? Red, black, mid-range is a deck in, in standard, right? There's a deck for you out there, and I think it could be worth playing, right? Um, Ricky, are there any just, like, absolutely crazy Pioneer tournaments for our metagame section that you want to talk about? Anything happened that was just one of the coolest tournaments of all time? that maybe you want to well, bring up real uh, quick and talk about the deck lists are very, very humble, uh, you know, pioneer comrades in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had a small tournament that they called the God of pioneer. What a dope name, which is, I think we, a monthly event. Sounds uh, right. I believe they had a pretty decent turnout. I'm not going to lie. Can't read a lot of this, uh, <laughs> no. a lot of this article. Why not? Why not? I mean, I've thrown I've thrown the Google Translate on, but I don't want yeah, to okay. trust the Google Translate. But I do know magic cards when I see them, and I can read those magic yeah. cards in any language. Uh, yeah. So, it's, do you want to get? Yeah, into it just this? works out. They happen to be in English anyway. So, yes, and of course, we're talking about as Ricky mentioned, the God of Pioneer event. It happens monthly, and there's there's been some sweet decks to come out of this tournament. You know, um, Japan used to be one of the leaders when it comes to innovation in standard and um, early modern, right? But around early moderns kind of when America took over with SCG events, and channel fireball events and things like that. But uh, a lot of innovation to come here. And we see that with what, what deck surprised you here in this top eight, Ricky, not one, but two, two goblin tribal decks. Yeah. Yep. Both in the top eight here. One of them making it all the way to second place. Mm-hmm. Playing uh, with uh, one of uh, my favorite goblin cards, Goblin Chain Whirler. Yeah, we were on them chains. Rihanna's oh, Rihanna's man. here. She's ready. The, uh, I mean, also, I mean, just even the normal decks, right? Like if you look at this first place deck mm-hmm. playing Rakdos mid range, right, looks pretty stock standard in the creatures and stuff like that. No Smuggler's Copter, but instead we're playing main deck. Coligan's Command, three Heartless Act, one Torch the Tower, and three Fatal mm-hmm. Push instead of just four, and we're main decking Liliana and Bankbuster, which is kind of wild. We got three Decadent Dragon in our sideboard, I guess, for wow. the mirror. Seems yeah, really probably. interesting. Well, you definitely, um, see, you definitely see some text for the metagame because, you know, when you see more removal-heavy formats, you're going to see probably more Croxes running around. Right, this this deck doesn't take full advantage of the graveyard uh, loading it up. Right, you're mostly using Fable, the Mirror Breaker, maybe some Liliana uptick, something like that. We just have one Liliana though, so we're a little bit light on ways to fill the graveyard and put our one Crocs in the graveyard. But that's probably a result of you know again, this deck seemed to do well in a field of at least several Goblins players because, like you said, of the amount of removal package that we brought. Right. right? Also, we're, only we're more of the control decks. 25 seems of, uh, good here. I mean, a lot of lists are on like 26. Some people even play 27. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you do have a lot of ways lands. to... Well, you normally play more ways to, again, to kind of filter through these with Copter, right? 
So maybe right. now the thought is, hey, we're not running copter, right? We're more the control deck to fight off the goblin menace. So that's kind of what we're what we're rocking here. So, oh, yeah. Ricky, talk about you can't just drop goblins on people and then not talk about the deck well, list. What is this second, second place, place goblins list? We're running a uh, four Skirk Prospector for Fireblade Charger, which um, all that's important is that it deals damage uh, equal to its power when it dies. If it's equipped, it gets haste, but we're not playing the equipment. Cacophony Scamp also does the same thing. Can proliferate. Uh, Conspicuous Snoop lets us play more goblins off the top of our deck. Also gives us goblin abilities off the top of our deck, which we have not many. Uh, Battlecry Goblin gives all of our goblins for two mana, plus one, plus O in haste, and gives us an extra attacking goblin if we attack with six power. Uh, this card like continues to like amaze me from AFR. Random Is it just like a way to spend your extra mana? Like what's the... Well, um, in modern one, it can just create more bodies. Mm-hmm. It does not like it plus any other two power goblin can make six power attacking. Mm-hmm. And then that makes you another goblin, which makes it easier to re-trigger. It just kind of takes over the yep. game really fast. And then I if mean, you have Skirk, right? Skirk McGurks give you ways to sack off our cacophony scamps and our um... right chargers to deal our opponent damage and then get us mana to reactivate our battle card grappling if we need to, you know? Absolutely. It also lets you uh, kind of after blockers are declared, you sack off the creatures that were blocked to buff the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or uh, a chain whirler once it's dealt first strike damage. Right? Sure. Something um, like that. The Rundevelt Horde Master, of course, the two mana Goblin Lord from Dominar United that Let's us impulse draw every time a goblin dies. And then the man of the hour, goblin chain whirler, four of. Legendary. Uh, dealing one damage to every creature and player that isn't us. I think it, uh, to target opponent in each creature they control, I think is the wording. We're playing four fatal push, four fable. Did you know that that makes a goblin? Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. The goblin shaman. That, that goblin shaman token is more expensive than Tarmogoyf. Did you know that? Did I didn't that? know that because of you. Thank you. Yeah. The Goblin Shaman token. You can trade them straight up for Tarmogoyfs if you would like. And then four, Call of the Dark Dweller. I think Death Dweller. Depth Death Dweller. Death Dweller. Um, it is a three mana sorcery from Ikoria Uncommon that reanimates two creatures with converted mana cost up to three combined. You may give one of them lifelink and the other one death touch. Well, I believe it is death touch and menace. Menace? I'll click on the card. I'll actually read it instead of just... Yeah, uh, death touch counter on either of them, then put a menace counter on either of them. Call of the Death Dweller. So, menace or death touch. Uh, but or Chris, both, if we right? reanimate... No, 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 you have to have two if you want both. You can't give both the same guy. You sure? Re-read put a death card. touch counter on either of them, then put a menace counter on either of them. Huh. You can you can definitely give death touch a menace. Cool. The important one, but is the death more touch. important one is death touch, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to give it to our goblin chain whirler that we reanimate. Yeah. And then deal one damage and kill everything on our opponent's board. Right. Right. Uh, if we give death touch to cacophony scamp or fireblade charger, they will then. Uh, take down two creatures as they die. Right. They will deal damage to the creature that blocked them or a creature they blocked and then shoot their damage somewhere else. Shoot it up. Still with death touch. We're playing mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of dens of the bugbear, a bunch of caverns of souls, and even a one of Nykthos because, Hey, we got cards that cost red, red, red. So why not? Right? Yeah, sure. Sideboard. Mm-hmm. We said no to life gain. We said four thoughtsies. Two Damping Sphere, four Leyline of the Void, and two Obnix. I mean, this deck is sick. Yeah, this is sweet. I used to see this deck play green for Collected Company, but I think, like you said, with the really cute trick of Call the Death Dweller giving uh, Chain Roller Death Touch and just murderizing boards, you know, you want to talk about ways to beat Amalia. Well, hey, yeah, next turn you might get all your stuff back, but this turn you're dead. Right, you know? right. <laughs> yeah. turn, all your blockers are dead and I'm going to attack you for a lot of damage, right? I, I, you know, you've seen decks that just cannot beat the incidental life gain out of Amalia. 
because, you know, you kind of put all your effort into one one attack. You can see that sometimes with like Boros Convoke or something like that. Not right. a deck like this. A deck like this goes big with creatures, right? And those creatures stay on the board and, you know, they're they're popping each other, right? You've got Lord Effects involved. Right. So you can actually kill somebody from 40-something or 30-something reasonably in one attack, right? It can right. happen. So uh, then right underneath that, we got an Amalia deck. Yep. Um, and a really interesting one that is using some of its land slots as Agadim's Awakening. We gain enough life so we can pay the three to play this as an untapped black source. But mm. later into the game, this can just be another return to the ranks effect yep it can't get the entire combo by itself because it can't get uh two twos but it can get a one two three and rebuild your board out of nowhere right Mm -hmm. also a one of claim to fame we do have four mana confluences so we can cast fame if that ever comes up just like given a, a sentinel haste or something you know sure and then of course everybody is now on the one of uh aether flux reservoir to weaponize our life gain. Yeah, yeah. In the main deck, we're just we're just putting that reservoir. We're just we've got a little in reservoir in here. Yeah. And then, and I want to do a whole episode next week. We might, right? Mm-hmm. But right underneath it, we have another Amalia deck, right? This one we're playing two of Kellum. It creates maps. It also draws us cards a majority of the time. A lot of our creatures cost two or less. We're playing Fair one nice. of Welcoming Vampire to draw more cards and still on Sentinel of the uh, Nameless City, and then the uncommon new three-drop from LCI that says your opponent can't cast spells on your turn. Yeah. I mean... Really really good into the control meta, right? With a return to the ranks, like with this in your graveyard, you can cast return to the ranks, and if your opponent has removal, they can't interact with your combo. Right, 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 yeah. Oh, yep. wait, this can't get returned to the ranks. Wait, I'm sorry. It can't get returned to the ranks. It okay, can I think it's get something with on Collected ranks. Company, which was also very funny. If you just main phase Collected Company, your yep. opponent needs to think, right? Yep. Because if they let it resolve and you hit it, it, it could be all over, you know? It could be Jover. It could, in fact, be uh, be Jover for right. him. Yeah. Um, More Rakdos mid-range playing Invoke Despair in the main, which is kind of interesting. Um. Then we've got another Amalia deck. This one playing the Voice of the Blessed, like Ruckman likes. Yeah. Also playing uh, more Skyclave Apparitions main deck and the the Bat Batman coming in again, being a little bit of a more controlling build mm-hmm. with just um, I don't know if you can count them, Chris. You looked at that sideboard lately. I've been looking at it. Uh, it's almost all one ofs. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's all we got it's twelve all con- one ofs. So it's all cord targets. And uh three of Voice of Resurgence because that card destroys the Rakdos matchup. Yeah, it does. And we got Yeah, it absolutely does. Goblins again. But More I'm gonna goblins. say I like this goblins better. Uh-huh. Because they are playing the true spice here, right? Okay. They are playing Touch of Moon Glove. Which is an instant. Might be a sorcery. Hold on, it's an instant. It's got to be because that's it's how an instant. Mm-hmm. Uh, target creature you control gets plus one plus zero and gains death touch. Whenever a creature dealt damage by that creature dies this turn, its controller loses two life. Oh, ouch! So this is how we ouch, win ouch, the Amalia matchup, right? We just yeah, sort right, of right, right. You had ten creatures in play, did you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're gonna chain whirler that up, you know? Yeah, we are. We're gonna we're gonna dial it up, Ray Mysterio and style. Once again, this is better because it's it's more surprising, right? That you attack mm-hmm. him with your cacophony scamp with your fireblade charger. They block and trade, but before the trade, or even they block to not even trade. They don't think they're trading, and then you're like, actually. I'm taking two of your guys, and you're losing four life for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I like it. We've also got the Fable. Uh, more proof that you could probably just play any deck with a game plan if your game plan also includes Fables. Uh, so that's exciting. As and long as I you have some good cards you can draw, you know? And then we've got, like, the, uh, the like, aggressive uh, Inti 
and Smuggler's Copter Rakdos. So it's super mm-hmm. weird because you can look at this like zoomed out, right? We can zoom out from this event and we can see three Rakdos, three Amalia, two Goblins. And we could go, that's weird that there's two Goblin decks. But if we zoom in, mm-hmm. there's actually just three different Amalia decks playing entirely different cards and three very different Rakdos decks. True. So I find that kind of interesting, in my opinion. I think it's kind of where we are in the metagame right now is the Amalia problem continues to grow. Right. We've got uh, we've got two waging factions, right? Mm-hmm. We have people trying to uh, keep Amalia down. And then we have uh, the Amalia scientists on the cusp trying to figure out the actual optimal 75 Amalia cards. Yeah, and they're, and they're not listening to the naysayers, right? They're letting them know, you know, if you would like that analogy. The deck is pretty disrespectful. I've been playing it a lot. And you just sort of throw your cards down, gain a bunch of life, like, and And just get those cards back when your opponent opponent kills them. Get them all back, gain more life, and they're afraid of your Amalia, so they keep paying three life to kill it while they're getting beat down by this giant, like, five, six vigilance guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know. I imagine it's hell, but I'm on the other side of it. So <laughs> I'm the one playing emails. Yeah, I, again, I, I actually talked about it when I when the Amalia deck first kind of came out. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. That I really do think that Amalia does push a lot of decks out of the format. I, I really do think that there's quite a few decks that pale in comparison. So right. maybe That's it's all true. worth it. Maybe it's all worth it in the end because Ricky's Gabos. <laughs> because Chain uh, Roller is good again. Look, Chain Roller is free. We ban everything until Chain Whirler is good. <laughs> That's not what was. Yeah, yeah. Rhinos aren't good yet, but Chain Whirler is, and so we're we're most of the way there. So right, right. Yeah, yeah. That being said, right, this is a more traditional metagame, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. But I do think we've lost. I do think the the format's a lot more narrow than it was a couple months ago with the both the unbannings and printings of the uh, Amalia combo. So again, whether or not that's a good or bad that's thing, it's so kind of weird. What's that? Don't you remember saying like how much the format would open up if we banned Karn? Yeah. No, we, I said that. I said those words. I've said it too. Yeah. <laughs> I've said I mean, those words. I, uh, I do think that uh, a couple things happen, right? You know, we were supposed one, to be having so much fun with like artifact aggro decks and springleaf drums, you know? Yeah. Where did it all I, go? Where did it all go wrong, Chris? But the, you know, again, it just it does seem like, you know, hey, we're we're just gonna have to innovate a little bit, right? I think right, we've right. lost the path that we were on and and then here are the Japanese players telling us, Hey idiots, just play goblins. Just play goblins. Right? And then somebody's gonna go out there and go, Hey idiots, just play Merfolk. Like somebody's gonna go out there and just and, and they're probably gonna find the deck, just kinda like it was with Loris, I feel like, where it took a little bit of changing, but we kind of find some we found some ways around it. So you know, the format's pretty narrow right now. I don't know that it'll stay like that, right? There's got to be some answers to to widespread creature decks. Um, but the certainly... The narrower a format's going to get, though, mm-hmm. the like closer it gets to breaking open. Because when a format is narrow, you know exactly what you need to attack. True. I mean, I'll tell you that we've heard a lot of the modern players and a lot of the players in general talk about how much they enjoy the format because there's kind of an expected metagame, right? Because they know, okay, this is what I'm looking out for, right? There's no argument that the Amalia deck isn't powerful. That's for sure, right? We're not, we're not, uh, we're not making that stupid argument again about bad cards and whatnot. So um, obviously Copter is a strong card, right? It's been banned several times, right? So you, you have some really good options to play and it has brought a lot of people around on Pioneer. Right. Pioneer, I think, is is kind of up and coming as far as um, getting more respect. Right. There was a lot of backlash on Pioneer for a long time. Right. right. A, a lot of a lot of naysaying, if I can uh, use that word again. Naysaying. So, a lot of naysaying. If you haven't seen the Pat McAfee clip, you know, I'll, I'll show you afterwards. Very um, fair. So. Yeah, and, and and now I feel like, you know, again, it is a we're in a weird place where I did think Karn was gonna open up the format, but the printing of Amalia really changed that. But it, like you said, now that we've got goblins, now that people know what to play against, like you said, you're gonna see strategies come forth that are specifically good against those, where they might not be as generically powerful, but they'll be powerful in that particular metagame. I do think before we had more generically powerful decks, I think Convoke was generically powerful, I think humans was generically powerful, so on and so forth. So we've lost something and we and we've gained something here. I also liked the fact that um, 
Amalia combo was actually the second most broken thing you could do in LCI. Yeah. Because they banned the first, right? They sure, banned the appraiser sure. combo. Right, right, right. That just did uh, insta-win the game on, like, turn three pretty consistently, right? Yeah. Uh, and, like, almost definitely on turn four. So... Well, it depends. I mean, I think I think the appraiser combo, right, and why it was like, hey, I understand that it's hard to let it let it unchecked, but it definitely was a Phoenix player's dream. We had so no, many ways sure. to we had so many ways to stop that combo. It was like, for let's sure. see it, you know. Like my one man rule supposed to be there. I, I think it's funnily enough. Like that's one of the decks that Amalia wouldn't have wanted to see because Haywire I mean, might just get you out of that situation. And and a lot of the a lot of the solutions people have been proposing, where it's like, oh look, this deck, this card stops. I'm like, well, a cord for one on a Haywire might if that if that it stops whatever your counter plan was, it wasn't good enough, you know. So you kind of have to have that in there, but. Appraiser combo, I mean, what does Amalia do much about that? They haven't set up theoretically in time yet, right? That's the thing is, like, I was saying that, like, everybody was so watching Appraiser combo and a bunch of events and stuff. It got banned before it could really get, you know, even more traction. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, hid Amalia. Like, everybody knew Amalia combo was there, but everybody, you know, not everybody, of course, because some people brought it, right? It some people, out. yeah. yeah right. But, uh, like people like me who were uh, watching the shiny, exciting uh, geological appraiser deck and testing against that like an idiot because it was obviously going to get banned. <laughs> right, <laughs> you right. know, didn't see the Amalia from the trees, you know? <laughs> yeah, it had reach where you couldn't see it, you know? Yeah, Wild Growth yeah. Walker, you know? Yep, 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 something like that. Anyways, I thought Probably. that event was very fun and I've been enjoying playing Amalia in Pioneer. I love it. I'm glad you brought that up. As soon as I was like, oh, what's going on with this event? And then as soon as we talked about it, I think you brought it up a day or two ago, uh, just talking about it in in passing. And uh, I was reminded of it tonight. I hadn't looked at it in a couple days where I was like, oh, yeah, what's this event again? Then I was like, oh, yeah, goblins, you know? Heck, yeah. It's exciting to see like small decks like that or decks that are less represented kind of do well in those big events. So, you know. Well, for sure. And it's like it's like you brilliantly pointed out, hey, yes, it does mean that there's these established decks, but it does it does introduce more counterplay where now you know what you're targeting. Right. Right. And and again, I think there's an argument where generically powerful cards are not good. Like like you said, fables and shielders were everywhere. Now you're going to you're going to see less those. And you're going to see more run felt horde master. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because right, right, right. Yeah. like your niche cards are better against these particular cards. So it does help you brew. And it's kind of the way magic's always been. So I did enjoy our generically powerful format, but um, you know, this, this, this is what magic is, has been for a long time and, and does give you a lot of brewing options because you know what you're brewing against. So I, Ricky, a lot of that was rambling because I'm scared to go back. Okay. I'm scared. It's already to go back time. To it's time. already time. I'm scared to go back to the Blogatog. We went there last week. It was a scary place. Pioneer Horizons was there, Ricky. Pioneer Horizons was there, and it made me afraid. But it's it's been one week, one week since she looked at me, you know? And we're here again, ready for Marrow's teaser. As the sun sets on the format from two weeks ago, right? Actually, uh, I'll see Return to return to, <laughs> no, Ravnica Remastered? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Ravnica Remastered, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was a fun yep. draft. By the way, I went and drafted Ravnica Remastered. Slide tangent, right? I went out and drafted okay. it. I 3-0'd drafting Persistent Petitioners. Oh, getting a little mill action going on there, huh? You only have to tap four advisors. So I had three Petitioners and two mm-hmm. Cartel Aristocrats, which are advisors. And of they course, advise the Cartel, help- though. A little help from my friend Quasi Duplicate, which is a very mm-hmm. silly card that I love. And uh, right. I drafted and played Infernal Tutor, which I used to show one copy of my Persistent Petitioner to tutor a second copy of Persistent Petitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deck was very fun. It was just, other than that, it was all removal spells. And I just slowly and surely built up a little uh, petitioning army. And then I uh, told my opponent. Uh, through my committee, exactly where they could put the top 12 cards of their library. You changed the constitution to Barbie land. Exactly. You know, great job. Great job. Great job. (laughs) All right, Ricky, I am going to read you the Maros teasers for murders of Karlov Manor. You're going to semi rapid fire style. Give me your quick thoughts on them. All right. All right. Whatever first possible. We're, we're bringing Nostra Ricky as he's known 
right? Famously very, very good at predicting some of the things because these things can be so wild, right? Ricky's got a great track record of predicting these, especially before the podcast, but even since the podcast of getting these things right. But can he do it when the pressure's on, when there's thousands and thousands of adoring fans listening to this podcast, waiting for Nostra Ricky to come out? Ricky, do you have the blogger tug up? I've got it up. I'm ready. I've not really read much of this. That's okay. We're gonna get. We're gonna get. We're gonna get ultra basic instinct. Noster Ricky okay. on this one, right? Less, less thought out. Okay. So let's uh, let's shoot these here. First up, here are some things you can expect. White gets a card that lets you play a subset off the top of the deck. I don't even know what a subset is. Um. So is it, like it lands? lets you play. So it's gonna let you play. Um. Probably like detectives, cases, and clues off the top of your deck. Uh-huh. Okay. That's my, my guessing. So it's like subset. So he would say it would like, if it was like cast artifacts off the top of your deck, that would be mm-hmm. like a type. You'd cast a type off the top of your deck, but a sure. subset of cards would be more specific. So I'm thinking there's going to be like a card, maybe some like investigation firm or like detective leader that's going to let you play like detectives, clues, and cases off the top of your deck. Okay, sounds good. We've got a new enchantment subtype in case. So not an artifact subtype. This is not a clue case. This is an enchantment subtype called case. Does okay, that mean so anything to you? Cases um, are going to be, I think, kind of formulated. They're going to kind of look like, I think, level up cards mm-hmm. where you're going to level up your case by doing an action, maybe paying mana, maybe doing something else. And then your cases become like complete. You're like working toward an end reward on your case. You've cracked the case. Exactly. I love it. Okay. Just like we had a saga. Now we've got a case. Okay. I I like it. I like it. A card with four different hybrid symbols and it's mana cost. Um, this is going to be the card. You can give me anything. Well, it's going to be a five color card because whatever it's going to be, um, it's going to be like, one main color. So I, I, I'm going to predict this card can either be cast for like quad of one color mm-hmm. or one of each of the other colors or in any combination. So like oh, it'll be cast for like four blue mm-hmm. or like blue, green, red, black. Sure. Sure. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. Or it's got a base blue. It's got one regular mana symbol and then four hybrids, something like that. Right. Right. That could be interesting also. Okay. Here's the wild one. Uh, okay, never mind. One more first. A popular mechanic returns tweaked with a new name. A popular mechanic returning tweaked and with a new name. AKA yeah, our a new mechanic. <laughs> I'm just going to say that it, it's a new mechanic. Um, you know, my guess, I'm gonna right? Say, go ahead. I'm, 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 throwing, I'm throwing this, my one guess probably for this list. I'm going to say exploit. I'm going to say exploit. I'm going to say dredge. Oh, okay. Okay. We need to you tweak it. We're just breaking magic in half. No, because no, here's what we're going to do, right? Uh-huh. We're going to dredge, and we call it something else. We call it drudge, right? Mm, and, of course we do. And it says, um, if you would draw a card in your draw step. Oh, we have, fix it. Right. So it's okay. tweaked, right? So right, I feel tweaked. like Dredge is a mechanic that is popular, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we can return it with a new name. We call it Drudge or like uh, something like that, right? And we can take the card back, but only on our draw step. Because I think that's the problem with Dredge is that what they wanted to do was they wanted to make like your graveyard is kind of like a pool of options, right? And they wanted it to be like, oh, instead of taking that random card off the top, wouldn't you rather have like this plus three, plus three enchantment, right? Or maybe I want this mediocre kill spell, right? But the problem is that with the ability to do it every draw, it just became like, you never cast dredged cards and that's the problem. So with this, it'd be, you'd want to do it to recast the card. Hopefully the cards would be good enough that you'd want to actually recast them again and again. Yeah, well, they fixed Cascade. So, so thankfully, well, I think they could. Uh, this is my guess. I think it's Dredge. <laughs> okay, I'm calling it good. now. 
I like it. I like that's a cute. Cool, it's a cool. One. Okay, here's the hot mm-hmm. one: a green sorcery that you can have any number of in your deck. Target creature gets plus X plus X, where X is one plus the number of this card in your graveyard. And you can have any number of those. Yeah, for one green. Interesting. Okay. I think it's going to be like a three or four mana sorcery that does something with like ramp or something like that. Something basic or like or like you can gain you gain life, right? That's a some something in a, in a you know, innocent enough. I, I think it's a pump like, spell that starts off worse than giant growth and then mm-hmm. can try to get like stupid giant growth, right? I, I would, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to tell you that it might be something like that, but with life gain. That's what I think. Ugh. You can gain life, and the later you go, you can mill them in your yard, and then you can gain a bunch of life or something like that. That's my thought on it. All right, here we go. A keyword mechanic not printed in a premiere set since 2008 returns on a single card. Ricky, right, I don't even ready? know what sets came out in 2008. I'm ready. You know, what came out? you know what came out in 2008? What did, Ricky? Alara Block. Alara block. Okay. So Cascade. No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. All right. I know you can know. On Earth. On Earth. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Premiere set, right? So Modern Horizons doesn't count. Right. If Modern Horizons doesn't count, then I'm going to say Unearth. And if it does count, then I'm going to say, um, no, Exalted got printed in M13. So it's not Exalted. Yeah, I'm going to say Unearth. I'm pretty confident on Unearth. Okay. All right. There you go. Ricky's got it down. Write it down, people. Um, a creature that allows you an alternate non-mana cost for all your spells. Oh, boy. We're really going Hearthstone here. Yeah. Life for spells, baby. Life for spells. Yeah, I, I got I to gotta oh, agree man. with that one, right? I got to agree with that one. Um, I think okay. if that's real, mm-hmm. uh, it's broken and banned by the end of the year. I think that, like, I don't think I could price a creature that would let me pay life for all my spells. Um, like, because we'll cheat it into play and then go off, right? Sure, sure. And something that gains us life, right? Something like that. Because it says all your spells. Like, it's just... All your spells. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to quickly talk about some of these things. I don't want opinions on them yet. Let's do opinions on creature types, right? Or give me your give me something on those. Look at those real quick. Okay. I'm going to read to these for the people. These are just uh, other things. Since we're on the blog of Tug, let's read them, read them out here. So some creature tokens in the set. Note some that have abilities. Zero, zero, green ooze. Zero, zero, colorless thopter. Also an artifact. A zero, one, green plant. A one, one, black bat. A one, one, white dog. A one, one, red goblin. A 1-1 one, one white human. A 1-1 one, one blue merfolk. A 1-1 one, one white in black spirit. A 1-1 one, one colorless thopter. A 2-1 black skeleton. A 2-1 black and green spider. A 2-2 two, two white in blue detective. A 2-2 two, two red imp. And a 5-5 five, five green and white wolf. And yes, Voja. murder is in the set. Here's a couple of rules text that will be showing up on cards. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, if it's toughest was one or less, less than one, not one or less, if it's, if it's the toughest was less than one, draw a card. Choose any number of target players. Creature cards in your graveyard gain. You may cast this card from your graveyard until end of turn. Oh, creature cards. Okay. That's pretty good. That's very strong. That's very strong. I'm interested <laughs> to see what that one's going to be because that could uh, that could be broken in half. As how many? The, uh, how many? Uh, how many fingers do I have to cut off to cast this card? Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's what I want to know. What are the hoops? How many toes, Mark Rose? What are the water? hoops? What are the hoops? Okay, uh, then sacrifice it if it has five or more bloodstained counters on it. Gross. Mm-hmm. You may search your graveyard hand and or library for a card named Magnifying Ga- a Glass or a card named Thinking Cap and put them onto the battlefield. Blue's Clues confirmed. Blue's Clues confirmed. Target opponent gains control of any number of target permanents you control. A little uh, donate action, Ricky. This is going to be like um, uh, Planted Evidence. I don't think that's the name of a magic card yet. Uh, oh, I love frame. that. Uh, incriminate has already been a, a magic card name, uh, mm. but this is something like uh, plant evidence or right, of uh, course it is. or uh, like bury the lead or something, right? Yeah, I love I it. I think that's I what this it. is. Yep. 
Uh, the next one says, as long as there are no cards in your library. Wow. Uh, next one. If one or more tokens would be created under your control, those tokens plus a clue token are created instead. That is a recipe for a lot of artifacts to be to be put on. Oh, the it board. gets worse. The next one is the worst one. Whenever you sacrifice a clue, target opponent gets two poison counters. Count them up, Ricky. Not one. Not one. Two of them. That's Both a fifth of their life. Right there. Luckily, though, in Pioneer, they didn't print any sets that have, like, an infect-like effect. Yeah. Oh, wait. They did. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They did. Here we are. All right, Ricky, do you want to talk about creature types, or do you want to talk about um, names and what you think they do? Which, which one would you prefer to... All right, uh, I, I will... I. I want to name the cards' uh, names. Like, I want to try to guess what the cards' names do. Okay, so, I'll so read you want me to... You guess what the creature types are. Vidulcan Artificer Detective. Wait, what do you want me to do? I don't know. Do you have any <laughs> ideas? <laughs> I, I, no, I've been the I'm guy with the all the guy. ideas. You're, You're the guy the with the ideas. ideas. I'm right, not well, the you, idea guy. I'm the good-looking one. Finally, finally, here are some names in the set. Ricky, what does Airtight Alibi do? Airtight Alibi is going to phase you out of the game for a turn. Oh, okay, okay. How about uh, Cot Red-Handed? Uh, Cot Red-Handed is a burn spell. Okay, I love it. Uh, Deadly Cover-Up. Deadly Cover-Up is a counter spell that shuffles cards from the graveyard back into the deck. Hmm... This is a great one. I love this name. Eliminate the impossible. Touch the untouchable. Row, row, fight the power. <laughs> right, right, of course. Uh, homicide investigator. Um, if a creature died this turn, create a clue. Okay, I like it. I like it. Innocent bystander. That's just a vanilla one one. Uh, right? Innocent bystander is a guy with like a ward. Okay, sure, sure. Um, I love this one. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up is a card that lets you uh, take the number of cards in your opponent's hand, divide it by the number of cards in your hand, and add in the number of cards in your graveyard. And if that forms a linear equation, your opponent loses <laughs> the game. <laughs> I that's think real, it doesn't. That's a real Yu-Gi-Oh card. Look it up. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't add up is a counterspell. That's what right. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's a counterspell. Uh, person of interest. Person of interest is a creature that has to be the target of all spells. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, private eye. Private eye is a creature type homunculus. It's just an eyeball. Okay, and scene of the crime. Um, I. It's an enchant land. This is. I think this is a case. I think it's an enchant land, and I think okay. it, like, um, I don't know. I feel like uh, tapping it to make a detective token seems really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, Ravnica has been known for its enchant lands, honestly. It's a really weird thing, but every Ravnica set has, like, a bunch of enchant lands in it. Yeah, like Utopia Sprawl or right, whatever. Utopia Sprawl, like, uh, the Angelic Benediction or whatever, Debtor's Pulpit, uh street uh there's even a card in return ravnica called street sweeper that when it attacks it destroys all enchantments on lands okay well there we go there we go all right ricky action-packed episode for the people today um any final thought before i go into kind of our closing uh closing spiel that we do i think that this set and the next few sets we have coming this year in magic mm-hmm are going to be severely Hearthstone um, directed, inspired. like inspired. Yeah. And I don't think right now that that's a bad thing because I've been really enjoying Hearthstone lately. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, know, you look at the first couple Hearthstone sets, they are, you know, rough direct ripoffs of magic cards for a lot of them, right? Um, I had a lot of fun playing original Hearthstone. I think original Hearthstone was great, right? It was one of my favorite times playing it. But obviously, you know, just their generic fantasy things 
Hearthstone is. did not get good until Old Gods. Uh, I think you're wrong. I think I think it. I think it took until Old Gods for that game to become good. I think the Grand Tournament and Goblins versus Gnomes was miserable. Also, you clearly were on the losing end of some Doctor Boom RNG. I lost and... to so many unstable portals and so yeah. many Doctor Booms. Right. And Undertaker. And Undertaker, yeah, Undertaker was the big one, right? You got, cool. uh, you got, you got boomed on. So, okay, well, great, great thoughts uh, coming in there from Ricky. Uh, let's wrap it up here. Let's go over. Of course, hey, usually we want to do our Patreon mailbag, and I was hoping that our listeners would throw in with us the uh, the PK, PK diagrams. Hopefully, our our patrons. But anybody, go ahead and throw in. I don't know a channel like episode discussion, your PK diagram, uh, and give us something to talk about at the end of the show. Our mailbag hath runneth empty again. So if you were a patron, go ahead and throw us some questions in that Patreon mailbag if you can. It's and, your civic uh, duty to do so. Yeah, well, we're going to try and get it uh, built back up a little bit. And while we do, we'll look at some PK diagrams um, as our want to do. So, of course, again, you can support us uh, over on Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash Crew3MTG. We're bought, brought to you by our wonderful supporters over there. Um, and, of course, now, by just doing what you already do, which is buy some cardboard, right? You go to Crew3MTG.com. That'll redirect you to TCG Player cards that you would already purchase. Give a kickback to your boys here at Crew3. So anything you might be buying, do as a solid. Use that link. There's a link, um, I think, posted in the announcements. But I know people were having trouble because the HTTPS doesn't work. But if you just type crew3mtg.com, it will redirect you to uh, to TCG Player, and you can buy your cards that way if that's what you want to do and uh, help your boys out here. Ricky, where can they find you on the socials? I don't know what HTTPS is, but you can find me on Twitter, at also Steve. You can also find me streaming once a week on Twitch, twitch.tv slash crew3mtg. Heck yeah. You can find uh, our glorious leader Ruckman at Crew3Podcast on the tweeters, also streaming occasionally on Twitch. And you can find me, Chris, at It's underscore Christmas on Twitter. And Christmas has no T. All right, Ricky, that'll do it for us. Tell the people bye. Bye. Bye.